Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. GG Replay is, of course, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we break down the latest in gaming news, hosted by us, the Goodnight Groofs, a place for games and a place for goofs. You know, we're, we're workshopping the slogan, but we're getting there. Uh, my name's Paul, and I'm joined uh, today by Mike. Matt is Matt is off today. He's uh, working hard on making sure we get our Game Grooves episode out for Sunday on this Thanksgiving weekend, at least in the United States over there. So how you doing today, Mike? I'm good. I'm confused because it's uh, it's Wednesday. Usually I'm here on a Friday. Yeah, but, usually Friday is the day that Matt yeah, fucks <laughs> off and does something else. <laughs> Wednesday's basically Friday for us Americans, so it's that's fine. true. So I just I had a question too about this. So Thanksgiving, so it's weird that it comes on a Thursday. Like, does is it generally like the rule that most places give you both days off for the weekend? Uh, no, no, it's not generally the rule. So that's just like yeah, that's a big fuck you as like a bad holiday. <laughs> I mean, I I know people that have to work Friday, but for the most part, at least for me and people in my industry, we don't work Friday. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And most white collar don't work Friday. But... I was gonna say it seems like maybe a white collar thing, right? Where they it's like an yeah. office thing, right? But not so much when you're in service or other stuff. Obviously, I mean, I've dealt with that myself. All right. Well, interesting stuff in Canada. We had our Thanksgiving a month and a half ago. So I'm. Uh, it's just nothing this weekend for me. I guess maybe <laughs> I'll pick up some. We we finally started adopting Black Friday sales about a decade ago. So now we have those in full swing. So maybe I'll take a look and see what's going on there. All right. Let's get ourselves into this episode. First off, I uh, just want to remind everyone that if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, you can send them over to ggreplayshow at gmail.com so we can address them in the next episode. Now, moving right along, because the reviews are in, Mike, the reviews are in for Ruined King, a League of Legends story. Now, this game got an 81 on Open Critic, pretty good score. It's out now. It uh, came out last week. Shadow dropped, actually, which was pretty cool, along with Hextech Mayhem. Uh, and I want to know, have you taken a look at this game yet? Have you seen any reviews or seen any footage? I, I watched some people stream it on Twitch, too. Um, wh what are your thoughts so far from what you've seen? Uh, I looked at it when it released. I saw that it was, I think it was like $25 or something is, like that. Yeah. And I said, eh, I'm not going to pay that much for it. Um, it does look like a good game. It looks fun. It looks like something I would enjoy. Um, the arcane show being out has been kind of making me want to play something League of Legends related. I might take. I might start playing Team Fight Tactics again. Oh, you should um, play Team Fight Tactics. It's so fun. The current thing right now, too, the gadgets and gizmos uh, season is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I've been considering reinstalling it. But I just cannot play League. I, I refuse. I know. There seems to be this interesting thing where people, where people like fundamentally hate League of Legends, like beyond the gameplay. Like, just there's something like innate that people really hate about it. I mean, I don't like Riot as a company, so that doesn't yeah. help. But um, League of Legends in itself is just a toxic cesspool, and I don't <laughs> want to spend 45 minutes in a game just to end up getting rolled at the end like it it just doesn't feel good it feels fine yeah like when you win in league it's fun when you it's lose really in fun. league it's really rough 
Um, so yeah. um, it's tough when you spend a whole night. You pay like you play like three games, and it took you like four hours sometimes, and you lost yeah. every game, and it's just kind of a bummer. A friend and I would keep doing that, and we go like, okay, well, let's end on a win. But at a certain point, you can't end on a win because it's like you have to get to bed, and another game's like a full hour, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it it's just a it's a time commitment that I don't care to put into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, yeah. Totally fair. But um, Rune King looks good. Um, yeah. Fans should like it. Yeah, it's made by the same dev who made Battle Chasers, which was a popular, uh, you know, kind of under culty classic game that people love. Um, so I think people who like that gameplay style will be psyched. It looks a little complicated to me, the different lanes of attack. I think it's fine. I'm sure you'd pick it up. But uh, I've seen some people say that's a little bit underwhelming. Also, cool to see um, the character focus in the great story. People have been talking about that a lot uh, and just saying that like story shines through here, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's cool to see. I, I will say I'll note as well, I like the art style being really consistent with other Runeterra stuff. It's cool to see with like a different dev and a totally different game type that the art style still shines through and looks kind of like league like models and things like that. That's cool to see. All right, moving on, we're going to be talking about China uh, because China suspended Tencent from updating existing apps or launching new apps. Uh, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because I don't know all the legal ramifications and what's going on exactly in China, but it's uh, pretty interesting. It's not known how long a suspension will last, and the Chinese ministry has not published any information about the ban. Uh, this is part of Beijing's ongoing scrutiny of the country's tech sector right now. Um, there's been a bunch of companies they've named and shamed here, uh, and uh, Tencent is now on the list. Um, I, I, from what I've seen, this mainly seems WeChat focused. They're in China version of WeChat, uh, like Weeksin or something. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Pardon me, but that that was, was spun off from WeChat recently, and they had to like operate individually um, because I think China is trying really hard to like uh, keep their keep their information and their and their data and security inside the country, um, which Tencent is obviously in a different vibe with. So yeah, I mean this affects games as well. You can still play games and apps that are currently going with Tencent right now, um, but you can't update them and they can't make any new ones. So uh, I, we've seen before Tencent's been kind of moving some of their operations out of China, but yeah, this is a pretty big deal. I wonder how it's going to affect, um, you know, we see a lot of stuff about Tencent, oh, China, worrying about the Chinese market. I wonder if, you know, if they get kind of pushed out of the Chinese market, if we'll see, you know, different social mores or something out of Tencent when they don't have to kowtow to the government. Yeah, it's it's odd that um, Tencent is getting such backlash from the Chinese government. I wouldn't have expected yeah. that. Um, personally, I don't follow much on Tencent. No. Um, I kind of just avoid anything made by them and move on with my life. So this isn't really going to affect me. But um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely interesting that the Chinese government is... I guess angry with yeah. them. <laughs> that, that's the best way to put it. They're they're kind of punishing them with this with this tactic, uh, and we've seen this a little bit lately with some of the new security laws and also some of the new gaming laws. Uh, there's a lot going on over there right now with tech companies and gaming, uh, and it's very interesting to keep an eye on how that's going to affect us in the West, at least at the very least. Um, you know, I think this could have a, you know, you see. Banning certain visuals in certain games, or trying to move away from certain designs, or moving away from LGBTQ stories, or whatever. Um, sometimes there's certain things people will always blame it on China, blame it on Tencent having an influence. But if Tencent, you know, maybe divorces from China a little bit, I wonder if that'll change how they influence games. Be interesting to see. 
All right, moving on, talking about something you might be interested in. Dragon Age's creative director, Matt Goldman, has left Bioware. Matt Goldman, the senior creative director of the Dragon Age series, including the long-in-development Dragon Age 4, has left the company after, quote, mutually agreeing to part ways. Um, there was uh, yeah, a statement today. He uh, announced leaving uh, and also that he's leaving effective today. Um, electronic Arts representative tells Kotaku, uh, who we got the story from, Matt Goldman is no longer working at Bioware. He leaves the next Dragon Age game in excellent hands with the team here at the studio who will carry forward our vision for the game. Uh, in 2017, he took over as the senior creative director on Dragon Age 4 after early work on the sequel was thrown out and the game's direction rebooted. So we've seen early work on the game was already thrown out. There was a mixed reaction to Inquisition, uh, you know, and then Goldman comes in and now Goldman's gone too. And he's been with, he was with Bioware for since 1998 um, as, a, as an art, you know, contributing art assets and an art director. And now he's gone. Uh, we're having someone else come in. They say, of course, they're going to say excellent hands, but it sounds a little rocky here. Um, to see the game get scrapped or changed so much. Mike, uh, how are you feeling about Dragon Age 4? Do you have uh, any faith uh, after your experience with Inquisition? Uh, well, no, because I didn't really like Inquisition because I was upset with it. But, I mean, it's very concerning that a yeah. creative director for a game is gone partway through the development of said game um yeah i'd be worried about dragon age 4 it'll probably get pushed back i would expect it'll probably have to i assume creative direction might shift which will cause for redoing of certain areas and or concepts of the game um either way i would be worried about how dragon age 4 comes out um fans of dragon age inquisition would probably be a little bit upset about him leaving and fans of the dragon age series in general just should be concerned. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's don't be something that shifts the game, hopefully in a good direction, but it's like, it's like when a director leaves a, a movie and then another director has to come in and finish yeah. it. It's just going to feel weird. Probably there's a good chance that it might feel like two games kind of pasted together. Um, so yeah, it's it's concerning. Uh, Bioware in general has been concerning for the past like five, six, seven years. So not really uh, surprising at yeah. this point. I think after what we saw with Andromeda, which was you know pretty yeah. bad stuff, and then we saw you know what came up with Anthem and things like that. Seeing what's going on here with with Dragon Age, it's tough to look at. <laughs> we don't know, um, but I do get this feeling a little bit that. Uh, you know, there's a chance we're going to get some game that has soul, like what they've done so far, and then maybe, you know, something soulless to finish out the game. It, it's hard to look at, but I, I will say we've seen this a lot recently. We've seen and in companies that seem to be overly monetizing. We saw um, Dan, I can't remember his last name, the, the guy who does all the story for um, for Grand Theft Auto. Uh, we saw him leave after this like long, long, long period with no new Grand Theft Auto entries. Uh, and we see Matt Goldman here leaving, uh, you know, after this like troubling setup with, uh, you know, Dragon Age 4, which also EA is not known for having great uh, monetary practices. I'm, I'm kind of just like throwing out some pretty big suppositions here, but I, I just think it's interesting that we're seeing a lot <laughs> of creative directors and stuff leaving halfway through games or leaving before these big entries are coming out. And we're having these longer periods between entries. I, you know, maybe it's just because 
it takes so much longer to make games now and that you know a lot of these like really quadruple a budget games and things like that i'm not saying this is necessarily but because it takes so long you know people just maybe move on they work at a job for four or five years and if a game's still not out it's like you know i i had a better opportunity come along you know it's it, it happens right if games only if games take so long to make so yeah plus i mean a lot of the companies that you've listed have really shifted in their direction. Yeah. I mean, the narrative director for GTA is left. Yep. They haven't had a narrative story right. in a decade. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what was he doing? The yeah, entire time? he was probably bored. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it it's not surprising, especially when you know some a company starts shifting direction and it affects your creative vision. Like, it's not surprising people are leaving. Yeah. Um, speaking of a studio that's also changing direction a little bit, um, the uh, new Yakuza studio uh, series head discusses the future of the series, confirms that more Judgment and Ichiban games are coming. This is pretty big news because we've been talking for a while about how it feels like Judgment's not going to continue. Um, Matt's had that feeling for a while. Uh, it's unfortunately he's not here to to be thrown to the ground in in disbelief. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the the studio here which is uh, Ryoga Gotoku Studio. Um, they actually just had a big shakeup. I'm not going to go through all like the corporate minutia of it, but they they changed the the company pretty heavily in its um, chain of command and, and the whole kind of way the, the the system functions, the organizational structure. Um, but in that, they've also, you know, have new studio heads and some new stuff like that. Um, and Yokoyama is now uh, running the studio and he discussed uh, Ryuga Gotoku 8, which is the follow-up to Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, which is the seventh uh, you know, iteration in Japan, um, saying he can't give many details yet, but it will be a direct sequel to that game, taking place a few years later uh, and continuing to feature the character Kasuga Ichiban. They're pretty happy that um, people have embraced that new character uh, of Ichiban as the new protagonist of the series, and they're looking forward to following his story further. So that's pretty cool to see that, because that game was pretty well received. Um, but also, they intend on continuing with the Judgment series as well. They uh, they they said that they're not going to go too much into it. Um, but after Lost Judgment, a lot of people, you know, there was talk about the main actor having issues with. Uh, their agent, you know, the game being released on PC as well as consoles. And there's just been kind of not a lot of talk of Judgment. Well, we have it here, confirmation that there will be more Judgment games. Mike, are you psyched? I know you played some Yakuza games. Uh, is this something, you know, is this good news to know that we're going to be continuing with Ichiban? Um, you know, is it good news that we're continuing with Judgment? I think so. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I haven't played any Lost Judgment. I've watched a little bit of it, yeah. but it seems like it's well-received. People seem to like it. So it's not surprising that they want to continue with that. Um, I know that there was issues outside of game development that they were dealing with, but you know, if you have a series that has done as well as Judgment has, um, you, know, you want to continue it. And in regards to Yakuza... I mean, I'm not surprised that they want to continue with Ichiban. Ichiban was an entertaining protagonist for that series. And Like a Dragon really brought fresh eyes to the series and changing the core mechanics and just kind of bringing more people into the series because of how different it was. Um, I know a lot of people loved it. I love it. Um, so yeah, eight, another game similar to that would be great. I do hope that they continue to kind of iterate on the ser series rather than just uh, instead of taking the far cry approach and just copy paste with new, new yeah. things. Um, 
you know the freshness that was like a dragon i hope they continue to kind of innovate on what they've done with the yakuza series yeah i think that totally makes sense that's a really good take and yeah i played a bit of like a dragon that's the only yakuza game i've played before um but i really liked it i liked ichiban ichiban specifically was a really cool protagonist i liked this whole vibe of like wanting to be a superhero kind of thing and i don't know like an anime protagonist kind of thing i don't know it was cute i liked Mm -hmm. it Uh, i think you can get a lot of uh, a lot of mileage out of that character and that kind of vibe which is cool all right, moving on, talking about uh, New World again. We're not going to harp on the story too much because it's mostly, you know, we're seeing this from a lot of players online, but in an effort to rectify um, missing 3,000 gold from players. So a lot of players had this issue where they were missing 3,000 gold or 3,000 gold was lost from them. Um, the New World devs, Amazon Game Studios, uh, decided to come in and fix that, but instead of giving them back 3,000 gold, they gave players 300,000 gold. It's uh, more more gold um new world also has famously had a lot of issues with the economy we've talked about on this show before where there's issues where they can dupe players can dupe rare items rare pieces of furniture um that they have to make of course but then they can you know just dupe endlessly uh and and you know break the economy especially because this game is completely the economy of this game is completely player-based there's no vendors or anything so kind of uh fucks it up uh (laughs) this is being reported by many players on the official forums as well as on reddit lots of other places uh the economy is once again pretty broken uh if as if it weren't really broken before it's it's still just as broken um mike uh, you know, you, you were the only one of the groups who did not fall prey to buying New Worlds on uh, on release. Uh, all the rest of us were chasing <laughs> that dream with that optimism that we thought uh, this could be the next thing, even though we kind of knew it wasn't going to be. Um, so as someone who didn't drop uh, 40 bones in this game, uh, you must be feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh... <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say that I feel good. I mean, (laughs) in the same light that, you know, Matt has said, it's always nice being right. It is nice being right. But it's also not like, I feel bad for people who legitimately enjoy New World. Um, I have friends that played it that really liked the crafting system, really liked the gathering, liked the gameplay loop, um, that have stopped playing it because it's just devolved into the cluster that it is like i mean it's just sad like they had a good concept they had like some good bones to it and they've completely botched it in their almost like fire from the hip response to these dupes and the bugs and everything it's like they're panicking which rightly so Um, I mean, they started their death spiral back in mid-October, which was, you know, a couple weeks after <laughs> release. Immediately. And since then, it's just gotten worse. Uh, and the Steam charts is not helping the issue. No. It's just showcasing how bad it is. Uh, this week, they dropped below uh, 200,000 player peak. Um that's pretty rough. I, I th- think I said on one of the game groups episodes that I expect New World to have dropped to like ten percent of their player base in a month. Um, well, it looks like it'll be in two months. Yeah. So it wasn't too not a hundred percent, but pretty um, close on that uh, prediction. I just I don't see where New World goes from here. It seems like nothing they do can outpace the death spiral that this 
game has been going through and it's honestly one part the bugs one part the economy but also one part people knowing that it's a death spiral um I mean, it's, look, at, I I own the game and I'm not playing it because I know it's a death spiral. And so and, and even mm-hmm. even in that scenario, it's like I could probably have fun with aspects of the game and not care so much about some of these aspects. But I don't want to get invested because I feel like the game is just on its way out already. Yeah, it, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know that there's a world where there's and there's enough investment that they can make into uh, further developing the game and fixing all of these issues that would return anything for Amazon. Yep. Again, like I said, the game being $40 on release instead of having a sub model or a free model with microtransactions, game as a service, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's concerning because it means Amazon's looking to get their return upfront. Um, and, I think they did, or at least like like most people have said, and even now the game was a commercial success. Yeah. Um, was it a success in gaming? No. Um, but as far as a commercial investment on Amazon's part, they made money. So yeah. I'm sure they're happy. Um, I know Amazon has like four or five different studios that they have working on something. Um, I feel like they might think that their efforts are best uh, put by taking those resources and putting them on other projects instead of trying to fix this catastrophe. <laughs> I think that totally makes sense. I, I I think the only thing I could think that could fix this is if they did something like Final Fantasy fourteen style where they like take it yeah. off and they fully relaunch the game as like a totally different thing. Um, but... I just the thing about Final Fantasy 14 is that Square Enix, I feel like they had a lot on, you know, on the line there in the sense that it's not like anyone's going to stop liking Final Fantasy, but still they have this like numbered thing. This is a numbered game in their series and they don't want it to be looked back on as like the really shitty one. And I think they wanted to, you know, fix that and make it something that had some long some longevity to it, Um, because as long as that kind of lives along, it just looks bad. But with with Amazon, you know, I mean what what do they have to their name so far this is easily the biggest thing i mean just i mean everything else they've done is basically nothing um compared to this i mean really i mean there are a lot of like tiny little casual games nothing like this well i think the issue is if they if they were to pull it they would have to they probably have to refund Mm -hmm. people i'm not sure how they would deal with that and they already did that once with crucible so if they do it again and they canceled the game before Crucible. That never came out because they were like, nope, this isn't working. It's like, if you got three strikes against you, what? where do you go from there? Who's going to buy your game further if you're just going to keep pulling yeah. it? Makes total sense. Well, we'll have to see what they do with it. Um, not looking good. Probably just nothing. It's probably just going to kind of languish and that they made their money, like you said, right? Keep the servers up for a couple of years and let it be what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, worth looking at. Speaking of something that might be more exciting, though, on the flip side here, the Lord of the Rings studio, Weta Workshop, is making a new game based on a, quote, major worldwide IP. End quote. They they also say in that that it is an IP in the press release that is an IP that is very close to their heart. 
<laughs> I wonder what it is. Um, they have made some other games uh, in this game division of Wii Workshop. Um, they're all Dr. Grordbort games. Uh, I'll tell you now, I've never heard of this. Um, one of them was for the Magic Leap. Um, one of them was some kind of weird battler game. It, it's not, they're not, it's kind of like what Amazon did before New World kind of thing. Just some really weird little games. Uh, and so anyway, they're apparently working on a new game based on a major worldwide IP. It sounds like it's Lord of the Rings. Uh, that would be my guess, which is interesting. But also I'm wondering, I know this is very different, but I wonder if the Unity acquisition of Wii Digital um, just earlier this month would have any effect on this. Now, I know they're different companies and Wii Digital was purchased out from Wii Workshop, but I wonder if the game will have anything to do with Unity maybe, or I don't know. Mike, do you have any guesses at what this might be? Are you even interested in seeing what this weird indie studio <laughs> that comes out of Wii Workshop makes? Like, what could they make? A, do you think based on the Dr. Gordbort games, they might be able to make like a really good Battle for Middle Earth redux? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea, I, right? <laughs> I've never even heard of these people. Me neither. So I, 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 who knows? It's probably Lord of the Rings based, right? It has yeah. to. Um, I looked at their website. They have a lot of stuff, but it's weird. I, I have no idea. I, I don't even know what to say on this. It, we'll see what it is, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, super weird. Uh, there's, I'm reading more about Dr. Gordbort. There's books that did uh, got a middling score on Goodreads. There's a weird short film and these games. Um, but I still can't really tell what the games are. It seems they're only on Magic Leap. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, I don't know if we'll... This is one of those things that, well, if it's anything, we'll hear about it later. And if it's not, we'll probably never think about it again. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's move on to some quick stories before we head out of here today. There's a bunch of them today. First off, Epic Games acquires Harmonix. Now, I, I would have put this as a main story, but it just doesn't really seem super interesting. Um, a lot of people were excited. Maybe we get some Rock Band stuff. They have confirmed uh, no Rock Band hardware. They're not going to be working on Rock Band. Um, you know, there'll still be DLC and stuff like that. But uh, they're being they're being mainly being acquired to work on Fortnite and metaverse stuff, uh, which makes sense. You know, a lot of these Fortnite uh, events and things are, are video music based. They're like music video-y kind of stuff. So it kind of makes sense that maybe that would be part of something Harmonix could do is make kind of like a rhythm-y, music-y game in Fortnite. I, I don't know if that's 100% what it is, but, um, you know, what do you think, Mike? Cool, cool use of Harmonix? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I not mean... at all. <laughs> whatever I, I i like harmonics as a company i like their products you know they innovated on the rhythm game space and yeah. music game space and um you know outside of rock band they also did uh rocksmith which yeah which was is great cool, still, it's awesome still a thing yeah um so epic games saying hey we got them they're gonna work on fortnite like cool great uh who cares? Uh, I'm sorry. Epic is just not my cup of tea. <laughs> no, I, I think they've been struggling for a while. So this is probably a good acquisition for them. For, for them. For yeah. Money. Yeah. For, for uh, their consumers. Good, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on, just a little quick thing. Nintendo also responds internally to Activision Blizzard reports. Uh, we had Jim Ryan from PlayStation last week and also Phil Spencer from Xbox both kind of speaking out um, and just saying they're concerned what they're seeing with Activision Blizzard. And this was all internal with um, their employees, not like a public statement, um, but they both confirmed these were things they actually said. Uh, Nintendo's... Um, is it Andrew? Andrew Bowser? Uh, no, it's not Andrew. What's his name? Anyway, Bowser. <laughs> I'm trying to remember his first name. Um, said, uh, yeah, he looked that up for me. Uh, yeah. Also came out and said what he sees at Activision is troubling. They've looked at that. They're Doug. concerned. Doug Bowser, yes. yes. Uh, Doug, yeah. Uh, Andrew Bowser's the guy on on YouTube who does like those uh, those notice me senpai videos <laughs> yes um yes <laughs> um but yes anyway um <laughs> uh, doug bowser came out and uh blew some fire at activision blizzard and uh yeah well i mean now we got the big three on there speaking out against bobby kotick a little bit uh will this put any you know flame to their feet i don't know we'll have to see uh we're following <laughs> yeah i don't know but yeah dark souls awarded they dark souls is a good game right right mike you like dark souls generally uh yeah i like dark souls three um yeah that's fair two isn't great one is okay would you say dark souls was the ultimate game of all time (laughs) no (laughs) because because joystick (laughs) the golden joysticks 2021 uh named it the ultimate game of all time uh, which is quite a lofty and interesting award. Um, I don't know. This this is something that only really works once or you very much devalue the fact that it ever existed. Um, so I guess once ever they're going to give this award for Ultimate Game of All Time. We'll have to see, but kind of a funny... <laughs> I don't understand their criteria. Like if they're no. saying it's, it's a game that furthered you know, a genre. Yeah. But so did a bunch of other games that started their own genre. Like you could say that about Metroid. Like you could say that about Castlevania. You could say that about, I feel like they're saying it's like (laughs) the best game that ever existed is, is what this seems to be. That's just strictly false. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm sure it's, you know, maybe top a hundred, maybe, uh, there's a lot of games, uh, weird awards. Um, they also did have just their ultimate game of the year, a lot of ultimate here, which was resident evil village. Uh, so, I mean, they could have probably just stuck with that and that would have been fine. It felt like yeah. someone really like played dark souls for the first time this year and really, really wanted to like shout it out, but they're like, <laughs> ah, like it's not, it's not as it came out like a decade ago. They're like, it's fine. I got a new award. <laughs> I'm interested that I, I'm, I'm intrigued that village won game of the year for them. Yeah, we're going to start seeing all these different publications, right, coming out with their game of the years. And Village, I think, is one of the ones I was not expecting to come out as one of them, really. I, it was been in a lot of the short lists, but it's interesting to see it come out yeah. on the website. That's odd. That's an odd choice. I'm yeah. not saying it's a bad game. I just don't think it's game yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't put it in the notes, but worth mentioning that uh, Resident Evil 4 is now the best-selling game on Oculus. So... I mean, is it the only game on Oculus? Yeah, that's I didn't put it in because I was like, but since we're talking about Resident Evil, hey, um, yeah, I, I, it was kind of a weird choice, but is this the company? Is this the um, the, a publication that just gave uh, Dark Souls Ultimate Game of All Right, exactly. So So, I don't know how much I put stock in their their awards here. Yeah, all right, moving, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) moving on, Sims 4. 
Yeah, Sims 4. We're still on Sims 4. Sims 4 is getting story progression from Sims 3 in a free update. I put this in. There's some Sim fans, Sims fans out there. Uh, I talked to our resident Sims expert with over 5,000 hours in the game, uh, my partner, Rachel, and she told me uh, Sims 3 story progression kind of sucks anyway, uh, and mods are really the thing that make it good. So uh, Sims 4 adding it is kind of a, a nothing, but some people are very excited uh, just because it sounds good. So there you go. If you're looking for uh, some more, you know, story progression outside of your main characters, which I thought they already had in Sims 4. It's it's there now for full free. Yeah. Also, I'm going to change the order of these up. Sackboy's coming to Fall Guys. And uh, Fall Guys is coming to Sackboy. So uh, <laughs> there you go. We've been talking about crossovers um, a little bit. Uh, yeah, on Monday, we talked about the Brawlhalla and uh, Street Fighter crossover. We talked about the Dead Cells thing where they're adding in Hollow Knight, Guacamelee, all that kind of stuff. Curse of the Dead Gods. And now... Um, we have this little fun kind of thing here where Sackboy is going to be a Fall Guys skin. And I think uh, Fall Guys is going to be in the Sackboy uh, big adventure game somehow. So that's cool. Um, I feel like people who like uh, either of those games would probably like the other game enough anyway that it would kind of yeah be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, sure. I, I like these like smaller crossovers. They're kind of neat. And Sackboy's movement makes sense. Uh, and finally, I don't know, just take a minute here just to talk about Halo Infinite Fracture Tenray event launch. Uh, we have the new Halo event just started Monday, yesterday, something Tuesday. like that. Tuesday, so yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I'm having I'm having a blast with this new game mode. I'm having so much fun with Fiesta um, and uh, the game mode live kill or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 so fun. Um, also, the challenges are actually way better here. Like, I, I feel like in general, the challenges um, before were a little bit tougher. You know, it was like slay someone with a gun you barely use and like Slayer and that seemed tough. But now we have this thing where it's like, you know, slay someone with a shock rifle. Um, but then you could play this Fiesta mode and chances are at some point you're going to see a shock rifle lying around or even just uh, spawn with it, which is cool. So that's made it a lot yeah. easier for me to do specific gun uh, things. That'd be cool to just have that in there for specific gun challenges. Um, but also there's just been a ton of cool ones that are Fiesta specific with tons of XP, like 350, 400 XP. I've been blowing through them. I've, I went from like level three to level six or something just in like, you know, three or four hours of playing which is it's not great but three (laughs) maybe two or three hours but you know it's still cool it's cool to see it it's got me back into playing uh halo a little bit uh mike you've been playing a bit of the event right yeah yeah um i'm level six on the event and like you said it uh finishing the challenges has been way easier it's been a lot faster i think i went i think i'm now like level 17 on the battle pass i think wow um i it it was just like level after level um game after game yesterday so i will say um and i know that there's been a lot of backlash about it and i'm tending to agree i don't like that the award track is gated so you get seven of the tenray challenges uh and that's it for the entire week that's out and then i'll come back in january 
which just kind of feels bad. Like it comes back in January. I thought yeah. it was like it came back like next week or in no. two weeks or something. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> That's it terrible. comes back in January and then again, I want to say in February and then again in March or something like that. It's coming back six different times. This but is the like, product of having the battle pass be so long. This first yeah. season being like six months. If this were a three month season and it came back once a month for three months, that would feel bad. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, I think Fiesta is a great mode. I think it needs to just be in the quick play. I don't know why it isn't. Yeah. Um, it just feels more fun. Uh, and yeah, the, I mean, it's nice that you can get the armor core in the first week because i already have it um but like i can't unlock any of the custom customizables for it because they're all later um and then they put a bunch of shit in the pay store that just feels bad 15 dollars for two swords at my side why um just a lot of questionable things i know they've been getting a lot of backlash for the customization and the progression um i think uh the head of development for halo infinite or maybe it's the head of multiplayer someone posted on twitter that he had been uh out on travel so he'd been slow to reply but all of the feedback has been heard loud and clear um changes will take time well of course they will um but it does sound like 343 understands the relative anger of the fan base um disappointment upsetness yeah i guess my problem is just this thing that they you know yeah sure they're listening now and they all look like kind of good the good guys for coming Mm -hmm. in and being like we hear you yeah you hear people yelling at you it's hard not to hear that (laughs) but did you hear in july when you first started doing test flights and everyone said the progression was too slow and wasn't the way they wanted it because it was challenge based did you hear earlier where people said they don't want it to be everything paywalled and everything was supposed to be did you hear that then no you put it all in the game and then now you get to go oh crap well you know what we we realize you guys don't want this so we'll fix it and it's like but it's going to take all this time we're gonna have to take away from other times we're developing stuff and it's like you could have done it before maybe <laughs> like yeah. instead I, I don't know I, I feel like it was probably that they didn't want to miss this launch time right it's it, december 8th especially right. but even this early launch and i think that you know they couldn't change it by july even by july august it was a little too late to change it and hit those dates and they already went back a year but i don't know just feels bad man <laughs> the the best thing that that 343 has going for it is that this is the best feeling halo that they've released so oh, yeah. at the very least it the gameplay itself stands on its own um but yeah i i think they have probably until january maybe february before they'll start losing a solid player base um if they don't make any changes um because people are going to give them the benefit of it's not fully released i know december 8th they talked about when the campaign comes out if you buy the campaign you get a bunch of armor customization options right so we'll see what that has in store for it um i wonder if you get the game on game pass you get those same armor options i'm wondering that too um there's just a lot of questions i think right now people are upset about it understandably um they have said that they are listening to feedback we have seen that with the challenge rollback and the challenge changes that they made uh pretty quickly but um i think december will tell where 
you know, Halo Infinite stands in terms of progression and whether or not its fan base is sated. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Yep, we'll have to see how that goes, but we're we're keeping our fingers crossed because, like Mike said, this is the best feeling Halo in a very long time. So, looking forward to that. All right, well, you know what, everyone? That's going to be it for GG Replay for today. But just a reminder that we do have a website, goodnightgroofs.com, where we have links to this podcast as well as our all encompassing game podcast, Game Grooves and our blog and links to all of our socials. And if you're feeling super generous, we do have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups where you can check out uh, all of our support tiers, including the $3 plus tier, which does get you early access to our weekly podcast game groups. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on any of the podcast apps you listen on. Uh, It takes about 10 seconds for you, but it means the world to us. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving all of what we do here at Goodnight Grooves. Mike, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here today? Not really. Happy Thanksgiving to those in the U.S. And uh, I guess I'll see you in Game Grooves. Absolutely. Happy tea givies to everyone out there. And uh, we'll be back again on Friday uh, with a lovely Black Friday special edition of <laughs> GG Replay. Don't get too excited. Uh, we'll <laughs> Matt will be full of turkey. Uh, and uh, until then, good night, groups.